Hey, hey, what's up? It's the Zisu back again, E-Society podcast, and this is the Anchor Edition. But before I go any further, it's the Nez. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. Anchor time. We are here with uh, plenty and plenty of ideas. We're just kind of going over what uh, we could bring for you guys. I know we've said a lot of things about we were going to do more stuff on anchor we are but right now with our list yeah. is so huge we just gotta just pick uh some yeah and this is one we've had on the list for a long time probably at least a year if not more <laughs> yeah we don't want to start with something right now um just late in the evening that'll go hours and hours and hours so this one uh this one will probably be short but um we're gonna discuss our uh not this this isn't our full list because there's just so many movies we'd have to go through but um we're picking uh like just randomly some of our uh, favorite movie villains throughout uh movie history um so we're just gonna kind of go back and forth and give you a few where there's it's no ranking yep. order because no no our number one would be darth vader and that would, easy that easy. would be no surprise for everyone <laughs> So, which is funny. I just do want to mention the list, the first list that I pulled up for inspiration. Uh, well, I can believe Vader at one, but I was a little shocked to see at least on this list. It's an Empire Online list. They have Kylo Ren at seven, and while Kylo's great, like just uh, just his uh, recency, I'm shocked to see him that high. He can be on the list, but seven seems a little high. Ah. Uh... That's way high. I mean, it is high. Maybe <laughs> this is a as a huge fan that feels high. <laughs> but um, is he really a villain? <laughs> same thing. Right, with, same right, thing with right. Darth Vader. Yeah. I mean, well, I'll just give you what they say right here. Appearing in a film series that also contains the likes of Palpatine and especially Darth Vader is enough to give anyone performance anxiety issues. But Kylo Ren's played so well by Adam Driver has become so much more complicated than his initial mocked emo baddie stance. In just two short films, he's evolved into a driven, deadly character who knows his past and will do anything to achieve victory. Sure, Vader blew up planets, choked the living snot out of enemies, and struck down Obi-Wan. But Kylo Ben Solo murdered his own dad in cold blood, which I guess gave him the, the high ranking on their list. Yeah, yeah, I guess he did a little bit more than his grandfather did. I mean... Uh... But I don't know. I mean, Darth Vader, he only... Who did he kill, really? I mean, other than Obi-Wan. Uh, uh, sure. Imperial, especially in Empire, all those uh, Imperial, like, lieutenants. Oh, I mean, like, <laughs> uh, people of of some importance. I mean, not just right, little right. scrubs that were off on the side, like the the, the guys he ran through in uh, Rogue One. Rogue One, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Again, we're going to stay away from Star Wars because yeah, we, we can know, be here I all know. night because there's a yeah, jillion yeah. Uh, bad baddies in that. But, but yeah. Um, yeah, let's let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> all right. <laughs> it's, you guys know us in Star Wars. Like I said, we can go here. Yeah, all night. Yeah, uh, yeah. I am going to kick it off with this one. Uh, for some of you new Jack, all you guys look at him as is the um, the 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 the. Uh, the hero uh, of the series, which if you go back all the way to 1984, 
he wasn't the hero. And the guy I'm talking about is the Cyberdyne Systems Model 101 or the T-800, the original Terminator, uh, played by uh, the one in the great uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, I think at this point in his career, I mean, I had seen other movies where he he was not he was um, not the uh, the bad guy. Uh, we saw him in like Pumping Iron. That was more of a documentary. We saw him in I think it was with the villain, but he wasn't the villain. That Kurt Douglas was um, Conan the Barbarian, and he was pretty much the good guy in that. So he, that was it. But when Terminator came out, um, we didn't even know what this was about. We went and seen something in another theater. Then we kind of snuck in uh, to watch the Terminator. All we knew was Arnold was in it. So we're like, all right, whatever. So we just assumed he was the good guy. But as the, right. as the movie went went on, we're like, whoa, I mean, he's the bad guy. So, I mean, I mean, out of villains, I mean, he well, basically he was just a, a, a cyborg and he was programmed to kill. Um, Sarah Connor in this one, and I won't even get into all the other ones because the storyline is way crazy. All now. over, yeah. but I mean, the the very first film in 1984, uh, the Terminator. Man, this movie was amazing. I still go back to it uh, from time to time. But I loved what he did, man. He didn't have very much dialogue in it. He said a few things, and of course, I'll be back. Um, that was probably the catchphrase of the whole thing. But it was just an amazing performance by him. Uh, and this is early, early Schwarzenegger. So, I mean, he had lines in Conan the uh, Conan the Barbarian as well as the villain, and he it was like minimal. He didn't really um, say much. I mean, a lot of it was due to his accent at this time in his career. So, um, right, right. Because do people do if you try to tear apart Terminator? They go, well, why is this? Um, why does this robot have an accent? And I'm like, oh, I mean, uh. <laughs> but, uh, but it, it's a movie, everyone. Just just go in there and enjoy it. There was what? Yeah. Uh, five Terminator movies? Terminator, T2, Rise of the Machines, uh, Dark Fate, Salvation. Yeah. Genesis. 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 Six movies. Yeah. So arnold's in all of them tech and technically he is in salvation but it's a, a cgi yeah. uh, image of him but it but it was arnold and it, he, he was the uh t10 or t800 so right 800 but it was cool man i mean i really love his character and yes as the movies went on he turned into the good guy and even in dark fate he was a bad guy then he turned into a good guy um i still need to rewatch that one again i think that's something that we need to I like that one. Yeah, I did too. A lot of people didn't really care for uh, Dark Fate, but uh, I enjoyed it. But we'll definitely uh, we'll put that on the list for you guys to to re uh, revisit that one. But yeah, I'm gonna kick it off with the Terminator. I really loved uh, this character. I mean, he was just ruthless and mean. Didn't didn't even think pretty much, and he he just went after the target and just a lot of gunfire in this. And uh, the special effects uh, in this film was amazing too. Plus. Uh, the actual Terminator once all of uh, Arnold's uh, living tissues was gone when it was just uh, the skeleton, the actual robot. I just thought that was awesome. And it's still an amazing thing. I'm glad they they did a lot of touch-ups on it for uh, the newer films for different uh, models, but they still kept that classic uh, um, 
model 101 of the t800 it was just an amazing character and it, it'll just live on forever uh within oh, movie yeah. history as well as in villains so yeah i kicked it off with uh the terminator yeah sounds good uh have you seen the footage uh going around from when they added the uh, uh t800 to the uh, latest mortal Kombat game i've only seen pictures i haven't seen like video or anything Oh yeah, it's cool. They have them do fatalities and the whole thing. Uh, I haven't played it personally, but I saw like the the videos, the finishing moves, and all that. <laughs> he doesn't have guns or anything, does he? No, I don't think so. I think it's more hand to hand type stuff. That kind of brutal kills. If you just went hand to hand with the Terminator, you'd lose. I mean, oh yeah, he's. But, <laughs> but with, with Mortal Kombat, I mean, everyone's got uh, some kind of firepower or be a fireball slowing at you or it's they would freeze you. I mean, it, this is just actual. I mean, the actual Terminator skeleton is just metal. So and, and the power cells are keeping it's basically a nuclear bomb, because if you guys remember in um, Terminator Salvation, his little. uh can't remember what it called it it was in his chest like a, a fuel cell or something uh once it was ruptured he took it out but once you take it out of the terminator it basically turned into a bomb because he threw it right, out. Right. he threw it out the truck and it was a huge mushroom cloud so <laughs> uh but yeah i mean i don't know I, I would play it i haven't played mortal Kombat in i don't know how long yeah which, long time which uh game i mean i mean number wise which one i could it? be wrong but i think it's 10 I think it's up to ten right now. Uh, all right. Well, we'll get back. Yeah. To, we'll get back to Mortal Kombat uh, here in the countdown. But uh, what do you got? All right. Uh, I wanted to kick it off for me, at least uh, personally, with I go into my shelf the, before I even looked at a list online. The first villain that popped in my head, just browsing uh, all the movies I have on my shelf. Uh, I had to go to the. Uh, Indy, Indiana Jones series, and Temple of Doom, and I'm going to go with uh, Mola Ram. Uh, one of my favorite, if not my favorite, of the Indiana Jones films, and just one of the most iconic villains to me from the series, not only just in being a villain, but uh, I think he had like the best look of any of the villains in the series, especially with his helmet and everything. So, yeah, Molaram, <laughs> definitely uh, iconic for me. I just did rewatches on all of those. I mean, they were all amazing films. Uh, I even like the last one, um, Crystal Skull. Crystal Skull, yeah. Um, I think at it, when it was the just the first three, I think my least favorite was um, The Last Crusade. But watching that again, I mean... Uh, of Gets course, bumped up. yeah, <laughs> Raiders is is also, I mean, Raiders is always number one, no matter what, um, but time, year-wise, Indiana Jones should have been, or Temple of Doom should have been the, the first film. But, the first one, right. Uh, but I do like that character, I, mean, I, I really loved, I mean, for a PG, just a regular PG film, the, the gore that they had when he stuck his hand into that one Impressive. Uh, slave yeah. and pulled out his heart and it was on fire. Like, I mean, what, yeah. you see his hand go into his chest. I know. <laughs> How did they get away with the PG for that? That's intense. <laughs> uh, it would definitely be PG-13 now, but it was different times, everybody. I mean, it's right, right. just how it goes right now. 
but yeah, I love that. I love that character. I don't remember the actor's name, but uh, I did love that character. And uh, when he met his demise at the end, I, I it looks crappy now, but the effects then, back when that film right, came right. out, it, it was awesome. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> down the cliff and the gators, damn! I love how he was just scraping along the wall, and his head was hitting, and then he bounced right. into the <laughs> the gators. Even that, I mean, gators just actually well, they didn't show the blood or anything, but you see them, yeah, biting something and tearing it apart. And- so. It's it, now you can tell almost for sure. It's obviously it's a dummy they threw in there. It, it really looks like it to me, but that's okay. I still love uh, Temple of Doom, and I've heard from a lot of people they actually consider it their least favorite. But I really I thought in uh, Temple of Doom was a lot of fun, and I love uh, Short Round too. <laughs> yeah, awesome film. Uh, all right, for my next one. Uh, I'm gonna keep it in the '80s, probably the next couple films. But um, this is this this bad guy was straight from the the greatest Christmas movie ever. And uh, if you guys know what that is, of course, <laughs> it, this is Die Hard. <laughs> uh, it is a yep. Christmas movie, everybody. It happened on Christmas Eve, then rolled into Christmas before any of you guys. Oh, it's not a Christmas. It is. Uh, it came out in 1988, and uh, Hans Gruber. Uh, played by uh, Alan Rickman, rest in peace. Uh, I just, he was just he wasn't. I mean, there really wasn't much to him other than he was the the mastermind behind this uh, robbery. But I mean, he was cool, man. He was just really smooth. I mean, I love Alan Rickman. I mean, no matter what, everything he, he's been in. But uh, Hans Gruber was just he was smooth. Uh, he was suave, and he really his, his temper did get mad at the end when when uh, John McClane was messing up everything. But I mean, I just loved him, and he was awesome. His suit. I mean, if you really pay attention to the film, his suit was always just nice. It was never that beat up. Maybe maybe afterwards when they had to scrape him off the off the ground uh, of uh, the bottom <laughs> floor of the Nakatomi. But it it was he was really cool, man. I I just really loved him, especially the part when. He went up to the roof to check uh, on the bombs, uh, the C four stuff that they had set, and um, and when John McClane rolls up on him, and then he just easily like changes his his um his his what was he? You think he was German? His German accent yeah. to just a regular American accent. So I, and he, yeah, I mean, really quick thinking. I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, I would just try to talk my way out of it. But to think something that quick to change your accent and then. He did the uh, like what's his name did um what was uh Kevin Spacey's name in Usual Suspects um Kaiser Soze and what he did on how how that how he was just looking around the room and making up a story uh, of things that he'd seen in there I mean I love that film if you guys haven't seen Usual Suspects drop everything and go see it but anyway um Hans I mean to look up onto that look this was another thing uh they were in. They were at the roof, but it was basically like a a work area, not uh, any part for the public to be in. Maybe just a maintenance man. Why was there? Or were they in the hallway? No, 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 no. Okay, he was. They were in the hallway. I mean, I changed it. Forget everything I said. But when they were in the hallway, when they were walking around, and he saw when uh, John McClane asked him what his name was, and then he said his name was uh, Bill Clay, or Bill, he said Bill Clay. But when you looked up on the on that little plaque or that billboard thing, it said William Clay. So, I mean, that was quick thinking of Hans Gruber. And then just to pretty much 
be the mastermind behind this whole this whole robbery to think of. And I really love this scene when uh, when they were talking to uh, the cops and they were telling them we want uh, all our comrades released from prison, uh, the Asian Dawn or whatever they were. He was just naming all this stuff and uh, the one blonde guy. What was his name? Um, I know what you're saying, but. No, it doesn't come to mind. Ah, the, the, <laughs> the main the main blonde dude, the, the rock star looking dude with the long hair, when he looked at him and he was like, what? Yeah. And then Hans kind of covered the radio and goes, I, was, I read this in like Time Magazine or something. I mean, just stuff like that. He, uh. was, he was really quick to thinking uh, like uh, when when the when times were getting uh, edgy and everything. But I, I really loved uh, this character. I loved how it kind of led into um, – uh, the the whole plot of uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance with um, oh uh, right Hans's brother I, don't, I can't even remember yeah. his name that was um Jeremy Irons uh, Scar from uh, Lion King that guy but uh, I really loved uh, this character I mean I, I love I mean again this looked like my favorite Christmas movie to watch every year and uh, I love to see it hopefully we can get back into theaters before next Christmas because I do love when they show. Uh, die Hard uh, in the theaters uh, in December. So yeah, definitely yep. Hans Gruber has to be on my list of uh, favorite movie villains. And great uh, end for him too. It still holds up to me. We were just talking about how Mola Roms in. You know, you can kind of see some eh to it, but the way the like start of it happens, it's so great. Like the just the look. Of the fall, the way it's slow is great. Yeah, I mean, it was. I love, I love the the slow motion aspect of, of that scene when he like looks down and you can see all the stuff at the bottom uh, of the floor, and he's still holding yeah. on to um, Holly. And then he slowly reaches down and pulls out his gun, and that's when John flicks uh, Holly's wristwatch, and he goes flying down. Yep. I mean, it it was an amazing. I mean, just what they did with the camera work, but the actual it was an actual stunt man that fell. So it wasn't just uh, right. a, a dummy they threw out a window. Because yeah, I don't mind when they do that, but it just depends uh, on the movie. You can tell. Yeah, if the movie is cheap is. and stupid, yeah. then you just throw dummies out the window. Okay, yeah, it's funny, but no, this yeah. was actually uh, it, from what I understand, it, it was an actual stunt man that fell. I don't know how many floors, but I mean. Three floors would have been high enough for me, but he it looks like he fell for a while before he hit the um, big airbag that they had. But yeah, I mean, I, I love that movie. I, I think out of all of them, I've seen it just over and over and over jillions of times. And uh, like I said, Hans Gruber was just a smooth criminal, uh, pun intended. Shout out to Michael Jackson. Rest in peace. Both yeah. of you, <laughs> Alan Rickman and uh, the King of Pop. But yeah, Hans Gruber. Cool, cool. All right. Uh, the next one I got for you, uh, a new Ur villain per se. I'm going to go to uh, 2007's No Country for Old Men and uh, Javier Bardem's Anton Chigurh. Uh, definitely like iconic right off the bat, just how cold he played this guy. Like To me, it's just so iconic because it's hard to really compare him to anything else like how like coldly murderous this guy is and like really kind of devoid of motion I, I emotion i remember watching it the first time and it like that really felt like scary but like 
in a more real way, like, you know, like a, a true terror to this guy. So I think he definitely deserves a spot on uh, my list. Uh, when's the last time you watched uh, No Country? I saw it once when it came out. I The only thing I remember is I didn't like the ending and uh, him carrying that, uh, was it an oxygen tank? What was it that had that little... Um, a little air compressor thing air tank yeah <laughs> yeah that thing? uh i don't really yeah yeah it was like a little air tank thing yeah. i don't even really remember much of this film but i do like remember the end how it just ended and then i was like that's it but um from unless i'm thinking of the wrong movie were they sitting on a porch talking uh wasn't it like tommy lee jones was he in it Uh-oh. Did we uh Yeah, yeah. He's the one that basically he saying there's no country for old men. Yes, but I, I don't remember that movie at all. But I, I just remember the a couple of the scenes that um he was in. But as far as the whole movie, I don't I don't really remember it. Yeah, it's worth a revisit if possible. I think uh, I think it holds up well as far as like a rewatchable goes, and yeah, his performance especially. I know a lot of people loved him in uh, Skyfall and other movies, but to me, that was uh, Javier Bardem's best performance. Is was in this film. I liked him in one of those lovey dovey movies. Uh... I want to say Penelope Cruz was in it. I, I can't remember. I'd have to look it all up. but I'll, I'll definitely have to rewatch. I know I have it somewhere. I think I have it on DVD. I'll have to dig it out and rewatch it. Cause yeah. I, I do not remember that movie at all. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. It's definitely worth a rewatch. All righty. I am going to... I think this film came out in... Nine, yeah, 1939. And uh, I didn't see it in 1939 because I wasn't born yet. But uh, this movie comes on like, well, I remember when I was growing up as a little kid, it came on once a year. And you, you, you young listeners now are lucky you can find this and throw it on whenever you feel like it. Um, I can too as well. But this film scared the hell out of me. It's probably one of the scariest films uh, I'd ever seen and it, it still spooks me out um, but it wasn't intended to be a scary film I mean even on the um, I believe it was AMC or one of those uh, those channels they did a top 100 uh, movie villains and I can't remember where this this person came in in, in on the countdown, but I was like, yeah, definitely. Oh no, not not villains. Uh, scariest movies. I think it was like the hundredth, the hundred scary movies of all time, and uh, this movie was in it. And it is, it's creepy. I mean, and and it's spooky. And if, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, this is the the 1939 film, The Wizard of Oz. And I got to go with the Wicked Witch of the West. I am still scared of of this character and even when i watch it now uh every now and then when it does come on tv or i'll feel the urge to watch it i'll, I'll throw in the the blu-ray but 
the first time I had seen this film, it was my brother and I. It was on a Friday night. And uh, I think my parents said, we should watch this. So we're like, all right, cool. And then I was all good in the beginning. But then once they once the witch came into to play, when they showed her, uh, not the part when they first show her, when um, Dorothy's in the, the cyclone, when you see uh, the witch uh, uh, flying by on a broom. Jeez, I can't even remember the name. Uh, Margaret Hamilton played the witch. But I can't remember her name when she was um, the uh, the teacher, I believe. And they want to say Mrs. Gulch or something like that. Anyway, but when she when the movie turns to color, because it was kind of like a brown and white uh, in in the beginning, but when she's actually in, in Munchkin Land and and the witch shows up. That like scared the hell out of me. And every time that she came on the screen, it was just just spooky. I mean, I thought Margaret Hamilton just did an amazing performance with this character. Probably scared billions of kids all over the world uh, with her performance in this. And uh, I think the part that really scares me the most uh, dealing with the witch was um, when Dorothy is in the, the witch's castle and uh, she's... Uh, crying out for her uh, her aunt and everything and then and then the 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 big giant crystal ball that's there you see uh, her aunt and she's like Dorothy Dorothy where are you and she's like I'm right here I'm right here and then the image kind of blurs out then it turns into the witch and then the camera kind of zooms in there so that she like basically fills up the whole screen with her face and that that part still creeps me out and I just loved how she was i mean because when you think of witches this is the first maybe probably the first uh image that that would pop in my head uh maybe some of yours as well but the wicked the witch of the west is definitely a true iconic uh villain uh with throughout movie history and other things in this that scared me i know this may sound mean to some of you but um the munchkins i i don't know why it is a mean thing to say um no offense to any of you uh uh little listener little little people i think that's the correct term i i don't know i'm but it's i don't know i don't know what it is it's just it was just maybe uh something that happened to me as a little kid uh seeing something at the circus and it just kind of still sticks with me um but if i'm i'm not meaning to say anything mean uh, about the little people but the, just the munchkins were were, were just kind of the way they kind of the way they looked on, on how the the munchkins i thought that was kind of creepy as well as the uh the flying monkeys i thought those were spooky as hell and this and those still creep me out or even some of the uh uh the witch's guards who, who whatever they were i remember they just had like dark blue faces and crazy long noses but uh, the Wicked Witch of the West, definitely a uh, iconic character, like I said. And again, she still scares the hell out of me. So, I mean, I, I really loved uh, her character. And when I talk about movie villains, I mean, definitely she has to come up. And I'm sure she's probably on uh, some of your lists if you guys sit down and put out a list of uh, favorite movie villains. But yeah, the Wicked, the Wicked Witch of the West, she's uh, definitely on my list. Ugh, scary stuff. Yep, definitely. All right. Uh, for my next one, I want to go to uh, 2001's Training Day and Denzel Washington's Alonzo Harris. I found a good little description of him, why he works as a villain. 
he's a different kind of movie villain. He's a master manipulator. Someone uses his power and position to exploit the goodness of others for his own gain. He's sworn to protect citizens, but instead uses power and influence to corrupt society from within. One of the best things about Alonzo as a movie villain is that he's likable. He's charismatic and makes a lot of compelling arguments and uses his sense of empathy to keep himself above suspicion. This is due to great screenplay direction and a really great performance. Um, if you've listened to the pod for a while, you know, I'm usually a fan of almost everything that Denzel does. And uh, Training Day is definitely no exception. It was kind of cool to see him play this role. He's usually a heroic character, and it was cool to see him play this uh, uh, villainous character who... If you don't know anything about the movie, you might not even expect it out of him as the character. So uh, uh, definitely something I can appreciate uh, about the character. Uh, you like Training Day? Before we get into it, um, this is one of the problems with today's society, especially now dealing with crooked cops. And if you got to pick one, right. Alonzo <laughs> is leading the charge. <laughs> But uh, uh, pretty much his whole squad were all crooked, as well as even the high ups um, in this right. film. Uh, being uh, the Tom Berenger was one of them. I remember that. But um, yeah, uh, Alonzo, man, he he was an awesome character. Uh, I really loved with him. He was really street smart, and he was taking what he learned uh, in basically what he learned in the street to uh, get the bad guys and a lot of crooked King Kong. <laughs> a lot of crookedness uh along the way um but for those of you that have seen the film i mean he he got what he deserved at the end because uh code of the street is don't mess the people don't yep. mess with no <laughs> one's money period no the very end when he got it right, right. he got that because that that's that's number one rule don't mess with anyone's money don't matter who you are or how tough you think you are there's always someone tougher <laughs> so but right uh, don't mess with nobody's <laughs> money i learned that a long time ago and that's still a part of my creed today but uh yeah man i mean training day uh denzel that was an amazing performance y'all he, he won he did win the uh uh an oscar that year best actor but yeah man i, I liked what he did man he was just straight ruthless didn't care yep. couldn't you couldn't trust <laughs> him at all i mean even the uh the guys that were uh, not uh, the guys in a squad, uh, his street uh, connections, even they were saying, they go, yeah, man, he don't trust him, man. I, that guy's ruthless. So, I mean, and that was they were right, man. They they knew not to cross him only because of who he was. I mean, he says it at the end. You don't mess with me. I'm the police. He's like, I run this shit. I, <laughs> King Kong ain't got shit on me. Yeah, I liked it when uh, B. Rad G said it best though, and uh, Malibu yeah. just wanted. <laughs> but even better, even better, <laughs> White Kong. <laughs> uh, but Training Day, that was um, I remember everyone saying, "Oh man, you should see this movie. You should see this movie." And I was like, "All right, I didn't, I didn't see it in the theater. I actually saw it uh, on VHS." Uh, in those days, at, at the last days uh, right, of right. VHS, because I last remember I, I went to the video store to to rent it on DVD, but they didn't have it because it was already out. And they go, "We got it on VHS," and I'm like, uh, "All right." <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I want to say Training Day is probably the last VHS that I actually rented. That's um, awesome. I was really into <laughs> DVDs and all that back then, but yeah. Right. What was his last name, Alonzo? Um, 
People want to say Alonzo Ball. But no. Uh, not Alonzo. Was that was it just Lonzo or Alonzo? I don't remember. I moved on from the article. I'm bringing it right back up now. It's uh, I'm almost there. It was Alonzo Harris. Did they even say his last name? If he did, I don't remember. Yeah, Alonzo Harris. I probably have to dig it out and rewatch because I don't even remember them saying his last name. I mean, yeah, it was mainly Alonzo and Zoe. I mean, because everybody in it, I mean, the whole cast was amazing. Ethan Hawke was badass. Yeah. Um, you even had Dr. Dre and Dre. Snoop. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, the, the the Hector from Fast and Furious. I can't remember his name. Right, right. He seemed to be typecast uh, for these roles uh, in, in this. <laughs> and what's his name was in it? Um, from Breaking Bad. Uh. You know, just watching Better Call Saul. The the one with the lowrider when they shot him all up. He was one of the. Uh, he was the the guy in the wheelchair. Uh, he was. Protecting, oh um, yeah, Hector. Yeah. Not 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 Hector. What what was his, the the guy's name? Hector was the guy in the wheelchair, right? Right. Yeah. But what was his um? The dude that was he was one of the Mexican guys at the end uh, when they were. Playing cars, Tuco, Tuco, oh, yeah. Tuco Salamanca. <laughs> he was uh, <laughs> one of the dudes in the house uh, at the end when they were gonna um, uh, murder uh, Ethan Hawke's character. But yeah, man, I mean, they, they, that, those guys were ruthless, I mean, especially at the end. Uh, I wouldn't go in that neighborhood, and uh, I've been in those neighborhoods, not in L.A. I'm talking about Oakland, and right. yeah, I knew a lot of guys like that. Yeah, <laughs> ruthless, ruthless gentlemen, ruthless gentlemen. Just uh, again. Exactly. Don't mess with no one's money. But, yeah, Denzel's character, yeah. he was awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're going to keep it with Crooked Cops, and I am going to go to um, what year did this come out? Um, I believe it was in the 90s, I would say. 1994, uh, Luke Besson's film, uh, The Professional, or La Professional, wh- whichever you want to call it. Uh, Norman Norman Stansfield, the the uh, I think he was um, I know he was a cop but I can't remember if he was a sergeant or whatever he was or a detective but he was played by Gary Oldman and man this guy was ruthless in this film I mean just ruthless New York uh, the crookedness of the cops and uh, just the, the drug dry pill swallowing uh, just flew off the, the hinges uh, character man I mean I love this film and uh, I think pretty much uh, the reason why I love this. I mean, not nothing against uh, Natalie Portman and um, uh, was it what's his name? Reno's is for his last name. Um, you know what I'm talking about the main guy. Uh, yeah, Leon. But what, what the hell? What's his real name? Something Reno, I think. Uh, but anyway, I mean, Gary Oldman just—he's an amazing actor. Period. Every role he does, even if it's little quick little. A uh, couple words uh, filmed, but when he pops up on the screen, he's awesome no matter what. Oh, excuse me, but his character, this uh, Norman Strand Stansfield, he was just awesome. I mean, he just seemed like he was just ready to have a heart attack no matter what. He was so serious and just so mad and ruthless. Uh, I did love his demise at the end uh, when um, 
Leon, Leo, or whatever they were calling, whatever his name. I don't remember his name in this, but uh, when uh, he shoot, when you when we see that uh, Leon's get about to get away, and I, I love the uh, the camera work of this because it's kind of like a first person thing. You see him like basically walking down this hall, almost outside to the streets of New York to into to freedom, but then you just see this yep. flash, and then you see the camera kind of fall down. You see that. Uh, Gary Oldman was standing behind him and he shoots him and I was like oh man I mean that that was that was a perfect ending but I was like sad. it was yeah yeah and he was just on a roll of uh playing villains but yeah something about that one felt like extra harsh just because of the way the film was you know yeah I mean I loved it I mean, it was just the the seediness of New York in the in the 90s um, I just love that part when he's like, "Hey, man, I want you. I want that. This is my my favorite scene. It was like, you guys need to. I need to get everyone down here to whatever whatever apartment building this was. And they were like, "Who? How many? He was like, "Send everyone. Who? Everyone. And I was like, what? "Yeah. <laughs> he was so ruthless, <laughs> man. And he was just drugged out for most of this film. Yep. yep. Because there was uh, stuff in the beginning. In the beginning, when they killed um, that, uh, I think it was uh, Matilda's um, dad. When they kill him in the beginning." And then he's like just all drugged out, and then after he shoots him, and he's just standing there like, uh, "All right, whatever." And one of his boys has to grab him and go, "Come on, we need to get out of here." I mean, that's how ruthless and crazy he was. And I really love the scene when uh, Matilda went into the uh, police station. Um, she was gonna go in there and kill him, and then she walks into the bathroom, and then when the door closes, he's standing behind the door. Yep, and then he just. <laughs> goes into this big ruthless speech basically just threatening her and uh, oh man i just i just loved how ruthless he was and just the crookedness uh, of new york city's cops i mean i'm not all of them everyone i mean uh, we, we've said this numerous times but it, this is the role he played uh in the film and i, I just thought gary oldman did an amazing performance in uh, this 1984 classic, definitely, definitely, definitely a, cla- a classic. If you have to watch this film, The Professional, watch uh, the, um, I think it's the director's cut, uh, Leon, the, the Professional. Watch that one. Um, there was just a little bit more, a few more minutes added to it. But, I mean, I really love that version more than theatrical. But, yeah, Gary Oldman's uh, Norman Stansfield is definitely on my list for uh, movie villains. Yep, definitely. All right. What do you think? One more each? Yeah. I know, again, we can go all night, everyone, but we're not going to. Yeah. What do you got? All right. Uh, I'm going to go with a film. I saw when it first came out, and I'm glad I did. Uh, We talked about it uh, a while back now, about both liking it, uh, but I was able to watch it again uh, pretty recently to show Jade. And this is uh, uh, from 2002 City of God. I'm going to go with Little Z. Uh, and uh, this article kind of also says it best here. Uh, one of the best things about Little Z in City of God is how we get to follow him around as a young man. You gain a much more complete picture of the character, and this makes him even more unlikable. Why? Usually seeing a character turn bad would provide context and thus empathy. But because we know how hard the residents of the City of God have it, his actions seem to be a sick betrayal rather than a rational turn. That movie made me not want to go to Brazil ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, the, I mean, a friend of mine, I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it, uh, I actually saw it at work. Somebody brought it to work and was telling me about it. And I was like, all right, whatever, throw it in. But I was, I was like, wow. I mean, Brazil looks like Rio and all that looks amazing. But after watching that film and other films that came out of Brazil that were like this, I'm like, ah, oh, no, nah, I'm cool. I don't think I'll ever go there. Nothing against the, the people of Brazil, but. I don't know, man. This movie, it just seemed like it was hella ruthless down there. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> there was other... You know, it's funny, too, because um, uh, the Olympics a few years ago was there, and I know that was... People were a little worried, like, you know, like, oh, is there going to be issues and there problems? And there wasn't, you know. Like, you know, kept, no. kept a handle on it, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. You just think of uh, that one scene uh, in Fast and the Furious. <laughs> uh, there was plenty of conflict going on during the Olympics. Them basically just moving all these people out of the neighborhoods. Basically oh, yeah. Forcing That's them out of their house. Yeah. Forcing them out of their neighborhoods just so they can have the Olympics there. I mean, I'm, I don't want to get into it because I'll get mad and stand on my soapbox, but uh, read into that, everyone. <laughs> there was plenty uh, of chaos happening uh, outside of the Olympic Stadium and everything. But uh, yeah, man, that movie was was right. was was fucking. Oh, I haven't seen it in a long time. I, I'm definitely. Have, I know I have it. I'll have to dig it out and watch it again. I think it's streaming on oh, ne- yeah. on Netflix for those of you. I think it could be. There it was some um, other movies. Uh, I think that were directed by that or maybe written by whoever wrote that story. It, w- it was dealing with them um, again, corrupt police, <laughs> um, something force. I can't remember. Um, yeah. And then they did that, uh, Netflix series too. What was it was like called? a number like three and a half or something. I can't remember. Or percent, percent, 3%, 4%, 3%. <laughs> I, I don't even remember that. Um, what were those movies? There were, it was uh, Courtney's the one that told me about them. I can't remember. Some, I know it was uh, he was dealing with cops, uh, the corrupt cops down in Brazil. And it, it seemed like it was all in that same um, neighborhood <laughs> of uh, that all this was happening in. I can't remember the name of the, the movie. Um I don't know. I'll have to dig it. I'll I'll have to dig it up if I remember it. And uh, I think it was on Netflix. I'm not sure if it is still, but yeah, City of God. And I mean, there was uh, whoever the blonde dude was was pretty ruthless. Um, remember him? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was his name? Uh, I'm gonna pull it up right now. Damn it! I'm not you know, you know, what I'm talking about. Yeah. No, I know exactly who you're talking about. Um, I don't remember his name. I just remember he was ruthless in it. Yeah, I a performer. I really like uh, Sue George. He was part of the Life Aquatic with uh, Steve Zissou. Uh Sue George. He played Knockout Ned in it. Remember, he like started out like normal, but then they got him all involved, and he became like uh, right along with that one guy. He was. It was like them two versus Little Z. I don't even remember that. I I need to rewatch all this. Yeah, 
I'm looking at the IMDb, but it's hard I'm, to figure out because a lot of them aren't pictured. I might be thinking of that police movie. I don't know. Or I might be just be thinking. No, of- you're not. I know who you're talking about okay. in the film. Yeah. All right. Um. All right. This will be my last one. Like we said, we're not gonna we're not gonna be here all night. Uh, and again, these are just random ones we're picking. Just random. We will be here all night because there's plenty of people that uh, we we didn't even bring up yet. But this one, I first uh, seen this film when it when it came on uh, Showtime uh, back in the day. Uh, I didn't see this in the theater because it came out when I was born. Um, and this uh, 1971 Stanley Kubrick classic, A Clockwork Orange. And I'm going with uh, Alex Delage, uh, played by uh, Malcolm McDonald. Alex is a fictional character in Anthony Burgess's novel, A Clockwork Orange, and Stanley Kubrick's film adaptation of the same name, in which he plays, played by Malcolm McDowell. In the film, his surname is Delage, a reference to Alex calling himself the large in the novel. Uh, if you guys have seen A Clockwork Orange, this movie is amazing. I mean, I love Stanley Kubrick. Uh, I love his vision uh, of what he took from uh, Anthony Burgess's uh, novel. It's totally different from the book. So if you saw the movie and then read the book, it's got its similarities. But the um, I just love the movie a little bit more because it was a little more edgy and ruthless. But I mean, the book is as well. It, it is pretty graphic and everything. But um, this what, what Malcolm McDowell did uh, for this character, Alex. Man, he was just straight ruthless in the beginning when uh, it was him and his uh, his his little crew were, were rolling around. Just it kind of was seemed like it was supposed to be like uh, in a future set, but um, I'm not, I can't remember where exactly where uh, they were filming on this. I want to say it was in London, but I I don't remember. But I mean, but what Alex did, he was just um, he was probably in his twenties when he did this, maybe early. If not, maybe early thirties of when he played this uh, this character, but he was supposed to be uh, a teenager, uh, and him and his crew, man, they were just just causing chaos constantly every night, skipping school. Um, it, it got pretty graphic in this because there there's there's uh, a scene of rape of them breaking into this guy's house and and raping this this old man's wife. And just getting into fights and just stealing things and, and everything. And they just, they were just causing chaos uh, throughout uh, the beginning of the film before he actually gets caught and has to go to prison. And then they deal with, uh, he's a, a part of this uh, experiment to try to take uh, the anger and rage out of him. I won't go into the whole film because we'll be here all night, but uh, his character, Malcolm McDowell's character playing Alex Delage, I mean, it was just, an amazing performance in him. And I've always loved uh, this character. Uh, I remember the first time I saw this film, I did not understand it at all. I was just a little kid. I was just kind of, I'm more fascinated, fascinated with the, um, uh, all the violence and everything in this. Um, <laughs> right. I didn't turn up to be a violent person, grow up to be a violent person like Alex and his crew. Uh, I know there's a, some of you out there that think, Video games, movies, comic books, and stuff like that's gonna and make you turn crazy and bad. I probably saw the best and the worst uh, of bad and horror, violent things throughout my life. And hey, I'm I'm a stand up citizen. Pay my taxes. I go to work. Take care of my family. But um, this movie is awesome, and I love this character. I've always loved 
Uh, I think this is what made me uh, love Malcolm McDowell. I actually met him uh, once at Comic-Con, and I had to go up and, and just praise his character that, that he did in this film. He was an awesome gentleman. If you guys ever, if once we get this all going back and we get to go to cons, he does do the con circuit. The last time I saw him was in Texas at Texas Frightmare. But yeah, he's he's a cool guy to go up to and talk to. Um, I, I forgot he was going to be there. I would have had him sign my uh, my Blu-ray. But uh, yeah, I love this character, Alex uh, from A Clockwork Orange. He was just ruthless. And even the stuff that happens in between uh, up to the end, uh, he was an amazing character. And uh, he was one of those characters that you didn't want to mess with. I mean, he was out for his own. That was it. He had his crew with him. But uh, if you've seen the film, he turns on them and then they turn on him. So, but he was ruthless from beginning to end. And I, I just love this character. He's definitely um, a villain. It was, I know some people can maybe argue with me, him not being the villain, but he was a villain. I mean, if, if you're raping and killing people and all that, you're a villain. So, but yeah. uh, I do, I do love this character and I love this film as well. Clockwork Orange, Alex Delage. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I think we did pretty good going like all over the map. We stayed away for the most part, except for the beginning from Vader and, you know, Joker and Voldemort. Like the the ones I saw on a lot of the, the one, two, threes on a lot of lists. Yeah, man, we can we can go into all kinds. Of, I didn't even go into Freddy Krueger or Jason or right, Myers right. Or, or any of them. We can even win as far as when we're talking about Terminator going to T. T one thousand, how he uh, awesome he was. I think out of all the Terminator, other than Terminator, but the, as as far as bad guys and out of the whole series, I thought T one thousand was just badass. You weren't expecting oh, right. on uh, how he looked to be so badass and what he was. But dude, his run you, was so great too. <laughs> when you watch T two now, it was amazing when it came out the 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 CGI. But you watch it now, it's still kind of like that looks a little cheesy, but. Again, that was different times. Back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. back then. But yeah, man, there, there's so many other uh, bad guys we didn't even touch. I mean, we didn't even go into uh, really any comic bad guys or anything. But yeah, I mean, that's pretty much uh, what we got from. Let me go down who I ran. I, I said the Terminator, the uh, Wicked Witch of the West, uh, and what's his name? Uh, Norman Stansfield to Alex Delage. Who did you have? I don't even remember. I had Molaram. I had Anton Segura from uh, No Country for Old Men. I had uh, Denzel's Alonzo Harris from Training Day. And I had Little Z from City of God. Definitely uh, good uh, villains from, from these films. If you haven't seen any of these films, definitely... Check them all out. I mean, they're, yeah, they're all awesome films. Sure. They they left an impression on us to uh, bring uh, bring these characters up. Uh, again, we could be here all night. Yeah, uh, <laughs> with bad guys. We didn't even bring up Jabba the Hutt or Khan. Oh, I know from Star Trek yeah. Two. <laughs> we didn't even, exactly. ring up, didn't even ring up any of them. But um, any of the Bat villains. Yeah, I mean, uh, Lex Luthor. <laughs> we we did yeah there's that'll be another sh did we ever do comic book bad guys I think we did I think we did yeah I don't remember we might have to uh, might be worth a revisit yeah we might have to revisit <laughs> and uh, 
go back there. But everyone, um, if go back in into our anchor archive, we might have done it. I don't. We've done so much here on anchor. I don't remember a lot of them, <laughs> but uh, it's good. I mean, we we've done like we. I've always said this. We've done so much dealing with the E Society on the regular network as well as here on anchor. And this anchor is an amazing tool for uh, you beginners to do podcasting. Definitely check it out. Um, put you, just crank out your show, put it out to the masses and uh, let us know where it is. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely uh, give it a listen. So, but uh, as far as that, we are pretty much done right here. This has got to go to bed because he's got to get up early. Um, <laughs> yeah, but- sadly. <laughs> Uh, but for Anchor, for all you guys that uh, that want to listen, if you're not listening to it on an- actual Anchor app, you can hear us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. Uh, and when you're done with all that, shoot on over to the regular network. You can hear uh, E-Society and Magnus Podcasts and everything else that's on there uh, from on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, uh, CastBox, Breaker, um, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, iHeartRadio, and Overcast. Uh, our anchor feed is also on iHeartRadio, so definitely uh, uh, like and uh, subscribe to both of those so you can hear everything. Um, and that is going to be it, everybody. We have so much more. Um, we went over our list of anchors right before we did this, and we picked this one for you guys. Uh, we have a ton, and new ideas come to us constantly, so... Just be ready to listen to everything. Anchors sometimes are long, sometimes they're short. So we're giving you, yeah, you almost, never know. almost an hour <laughs> on this one. But thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And all of you that have listened to everything we put out here on Anchor, you guys rock. Thank you so much. And everyone over that listens to us on, on the regular uh, network. We got a new episode coming uh, within the next next couple of days. There's a lot of new movies and TV that's on. And we will be talking yep. not about all of them, but some of them. It's, it'll be all a whole new thing. Maybe we'll dabble in some old stuff as well but uh everyone thank you so much and i gotta give a shout out to rachel you rock um we'll talk about that more uh on the next episode uh, of the regular uh, stuff so uh from now from that it uh i'm I'm sorry i'm getting a phone call but anyway yeah (laughs) i'm out of here everyone we'll talk to you later party on yep till next time have fun be safe and we'll see you next time you society 